Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our Mother's Giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what DVD did we pick last week to watch this week? Circle of Friends. Yes. And neither of us had seen this film, heard of this film, knew anything about this film. No recognition of the DVD like cover case at all. Nope. Just knew the fact that we owned it due to the spreadsheet that I got pulled from. And that was that. Even when I pulled it off the shelf, I was thinking I don't even recognize this. And I wonder how long we've had it. It was wrapped. It was a wrapped DVD and it was $9.99 sticker. I do feel as though mom found this in a bin probably around the early 10s is kind of how I'm feeling. Okay. Yeah, that I think I think that would make sense. But it just I don't recognize it at all. Yeah. I do wonder. This is I I like I know you're not going to have the answer to this, but I'm wondering at what point at like what year were DVDs being released from like old movies like when i am curious because this one's from 1995 yeah and so like sure dvds kind of existed or were about to exist 2000 i thought it was 1996 i think we keep like forgetting speaking of last week netflix was released 2010 in canada that early netflix has been in canada for 13 years 1996 okay is the first dvd but march march of 1997 was in the united states was the dvd player we us as a family didn't probably jump on that bandwagon until about 2000 2001 because then prices came down oh yeah i'm sure in any case yeah this movie was released in 1995 so it would have been a vhs but i'm i'm very very curious to know when did hollywood decide to go into its archives and be like well we can capitalize on this if we release old movies yeah this one good question so i have a feeling it's not until the later 2000s i mean like there definitely were movies that were coming out in the mid 2000s where like the release of it on VHS wasn't too long ago. And like VHSs were still being sold in the mid 2000s, if you think about it. Like up right up until the mid, I would say like 2004 is probably a good pin where like VHSs were ceasing to exist. Maybe even earlier. Okay, now, now I need to know when was the last VHS sold? The final VHS was released in 2006 with David Cronenberg's 2005 A History of Violence. That was the last VHS. So I I feel as though at this point, this is when they're like, okay, like we got to swap over into DVDs and start to capitalize. And I think that's when from 2006 to about 2011, 12, I'm going to kind of earmark those years where they go back and put them onto DVD and start releasing them. Like, I know this has to do with, like, Walmart's big DVD bin. Like, that's what I'm picturing. Yes, uh, this one definitely probably came out of one of those bins. This does not feel like a Best Buy Future Shop or HMV. The sticker didn't really look all that familiar. It could have been an American Walmart, because at that point in time, our parents were also going down to the States and doing little road trips as well. And like mom always used to come back with 
DVDs. Yes. That was actually a huge thing. I feel like this is one of the ones that was in a shoebox during Christmas that we unwrapped and we're like huge collection of I don't know what any of this is. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like kind of glazing over me like, oh my goodness, I really wanted whatever. Circle of friends. How (laughs) did you know? Anyways, so when I went into the house and mom was like, oh, like what movie do you guys are you guys watching next week? I said circle of friends. The like shock I had when she knew what it was and she could describe that she had seen it in the theaters with her friend and like why they decided to go and see this film. I was like blown away because half the time when I tell mom, she doesn't remember even buying this film. She doesn't remember owning this film. I I, I would say less than half. She does remember some of the ones that we do own. And I just was like, oh, okay. And then she said, it, it's a good movie. So I was like, okay, we aren't set up to fail this week. We are on a good path of like, okay, we've got something decent to watch. You watched it first. I did. I had told you that mom knew what it was and she said it was a good movie. Yeah. And then I watched it next. And then here we are. That is the order of operations. <laughs> A little bit of backstory or back history on this film. It was released March 15th, 1995. Its budget was $15 million and it grossed worldwide $45 million. I think that's pretty standard for 1995. We are not the digital age. It's one of those films that is like an easy watch per se if you don't dive too deep into it. And it's like one of those like good friendship movies. Like mom seeing it with a girlfriend totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was fluke that they happened to see it. Complete fluke. They weren't actually going to the theaters to see this movie. They were going to see something else. And they were they were later. They missed it. And this one was starting in 10 minutes. So they thought, why not? Yeah. And that's, that's how they watched this film. That's how we own this DVD. <laughs> the movie is based on a novel written by Maeve Binchy. I looked up the novel. On Goodreads, it has a 4.06 out of 5 rating, and it is 722 pages long. I would like to know what font size are we using, and why is it 722 pages long? Hold on, what? Yes. Okay. It's longer than Twilight. Well, not like (laughs) New Moon or like one of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll accept it. I don't... Yeah, I'm shocked. (laughs) I was looking up... There's like on the Wikipedia of the book, it pointed out some of the differences. There's more characters in oh, the okay. book. Okay. Fine. The there's more interaction and like true names with the nuns, like associated in the book, whereas we don't know any of the nuns' names. We just know that they are there and yeah. like they they support not Nan. Eve. Uh And like, that's kind of as far as we get into that. And then I'm assuming like lots more dialogue is involved or like she could be like Lord of the Rings and really likes to set up what is happening in the scene. Very detailed. I don't know, but it's rated really high. There are a lot of people who rated it one stars as well because they say it's boring. I might be in that camp. I don't know if I could read a book that's 722 pages long about three women going through college. I don't know. I like doing this in a um, 
a moving medium to me is more appealing to me. If the book was 350 pages, no, no problem. I can definitely digest that. I think it just depends on how it's written or what that looks like. I'm just thinking like holding it. I know you do e-readers mostly, but I'm just thinking like giant yeah. paper. We oh, I guess you have physical books. You're, I thought you had like more swapped over to. I had, but it feels really rude at times to sit on your phone. Mm, yes. But it doesn't feel bad to sit and have a book. Correct. Which, whatever. Um, but then if you pulled out an e-reader, like a specific e-reader. Yes. The connotation is exactly the same as. You yes, but I don't have one. I only, I've only, it's either my phone, my iPad or a book. So I usually try and carry a book around with me now. Oh, like Rory Gilmore. I'm kidding. No, but there's times where I haven't brought a book with me and I thought, oh, damn, <laughs> this is one of those times. <laughs> I never think that. Interesting for this film. In 2021, there was an amalgamation of the companies and they got the rights to this film. And it's in the UK. I don't have the company name. But anyways, they remastered the film to make it full, not full screen, widescreen, because at the time, not all films were being recorded as widescreen, especially if they were not going after Academy Awards. Okay. That seems to be like the a big thing that I was researching. Anyways, this film was full screen, but had a weird ratio. It was of like a widescreen. It was, it was both, which made the image small or yes. than your screen. <laughs> but it also like it had a big black box around it, yes. which was actually not too bad because you didn't have these giant thick lines on either side where your eye was kept being like, well, what's being cut off? Whereas it felt as though you were missing information from top and bottom as well. You're like, oh, OK, just, like whatever. Yeah. Zoomed out. So it's smaller than your screen. So essentially what I'm trying to say is there is no widescreen copy available unless the company who accumulated this, sorry, unless this company that acquired this film sets to release a widescreen version. But it seems as though they played on TV in the UK. It's a film that gets uh, played, which to me, I'm like, actually, this is a great TV movie. Okay, we might as well just jump into the movie itself and kind of give a little bit of a backstory as to like what's happening. I do want to preface with it takes place in Ireland in the 50s. And there's a lot of history that also happens in Ireland prior to this, like Catholic and like the Protestants. I have no, like, I know about it, but I don't know a lot about it. And I was very concerned watching this film where there was going to be certain situations that come up. And I'm like, damn it, like, I don't know anything about this. Thankfully, that's not the point of this film. So we're okay. We do get like a little bit of a... At the, the the way the movie starts off, correct. Uh, that's that's uh, why like I was like oh. a huge information dump. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I was just like, 
we're, we're going full steam ahead into this. And then it kind of like peels back. And I was like, oh, OK, it was just to set us up as to like the time period we're in. And that's like all that really necessarily matters. Yeah. The film starts in Ireland, 1949. The girls, Benny, Eve, and Nan are in their first communion. We see them as little girls, essentially. And Benny is kind of doing a voiceover talking about her the, her friends as to like who they are and whatnot. And it sets up that Nan ends up moving to Dublin because her family is moving away. And then when we see them in 1957, Benny and Eve remain close friends, but Nan is kind of out of the picture because she's not with them. And so we then follow them from 1957 on. It's a bit strange because I see what they were trying to set up in the film, but according to the book, they actually never met Nan until they moved to Dublin. They just found this pretty girl who took them into their group, the two of them. So that's where like a big difference is between the movie and the um, book. I kind of like the book's way. Yeah, I didn't understand the decision. Uh, I think maybe to make their friendship seem closer than if it was just some this girl that they've added on to the friendship later on. So they don't have that like history, history and bond between the three of them. So you would always feel like she's the odd one out and she kind of ends up in that position. So as the viewer, we might um, be less connected to her being a part of the group. That's that's very true. Whereas I find that sometimes writing is at such a slower digestible pace that the bonding that you would see between the three of them would be stronger. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So Benny and Eve are now going to Dublin for college. They're all off to, sorry, not college, uni as they like to call it. Uh, and they run into Nan, who's the pretty girl who Nan recognized them, but they didn't recognize Nan. And so it has to do with the fact that she has changed and she's gotten more beautiful and she's with it with the city. And they meet Jack, who Nan knows, and he invites them out to go watch the rugby match. But then he also invites them out to go out later. But Benny can't go because she has to take the bus. She's the only one of the group who's not sitting living in the city. In town with Benny, her parents, or her dad more specifically, but it's both her parents, own a dressmaker shop is the best way I can put it. He does tailoring of suits, but I would also assume tailoring of other things. And there is this gentleman named Sean who is supposed to be creepy, and my God, is he creepy, he always plays these characters. That's what I asked mom. I was like, does Alan Cumming always play creepy people? And she's just like, sometimes. I was like thinking back of everything that I've watched him. I'm that like, I know no. of. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, he's always playing the villain. Like that seems to be who he plays. But apparently in The Good Wife, he doesn't. Oh, okay. Like he can play. A, she's like, she. he plays sometimes a villainous role in an episode. But like his overall character is not yeah, okay. being a villain. I was like, well, according to Spy Kids. <laughs> and uh, Josie and the uh, Pussycats. Pussycats. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I always want to put dolls at the end. because, Yeah. Anyways. So Sean, played by Alan, is working for Benny's father. And 
he wants to be written into the business. He wants to take ownership of the business when her father passes away. So he's trying to secure that by marrying Benny. Benny has absolutely no interest in Sean because she get, he gives she gets creepy vibes from him. It's basically just a vibe check that's going on. Yes. School continues. There are now relationships being formed between the girls and the boys. So Benny actually is starting to date Jack at this point. Uh, Nan falls in love with this guy who has money and owns the cottage that Eve has land on. There, there's a lot going on. I'm doing my best as to like how to describe this because there's all it's so interconnected how this all like tangles as I'm like putting my fingers together. Um and then Eve dates this other random guy. That's basically it. Like Eve he's a, he's a friend of um Jack's. Jack. Yeah. yeah. Eve's important, but like not who she's dating important. Like that's what I got to say. Anyways, so sex is a huge topic because they're all Catholic and, you know, they're all told that you can't have sex before marriage. They're all questioning all of this and whether or not, like, do you go against these urges or should you be shunned out of them? And Nan decides to have sex with Colin Firth. I can't remember his character I don't name. remember his character <laughs> name either. And she feels as though no matter what's going to happen... Uh, he will marry her, and he's significant. Like oh, he's significantly, significantly older. older than she is, and like her, her entire plot line is she's trying to marry for money, and he is wealthy. He owns this huge property. He's also trying to marry for money, but she has no no money. money yes, and so he just sees her as kind of like this a sexy fling. Anyways, she ends up pregnant, and. Obviously, that's a huge sin, and he basically writes her a check and says, deal with it. Go to England and deal with it, and she's having a freak attack, and she runs into Jack because Jack's not out with Benny at this point, and she convinces him to fool around with her. And then throws the blame on him that he got her pregnant, which we all know that didn't happen. Meanwhile, Benny then gets told by Jack what has happened. And then they're no longer in a relationship. She's all upset. Her dad dies. And she now has to stay behind and deal with the family business. And Sean's like, ho, 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 daddy's going to give me the business. And she's just like, where's all this money going? And then we find out that he's stealing because he was stealing the money for her. Yeah, that, that, thing yeah, to yeah do. yes, yes. <laughs> like, I get your intentions, sir, but like you are creepy as, yeah. Anyways. So he attempts to assault her, and that's how she finds the money. That does not happen in the book. I don't know how she finds the money, but, like, no assault it's happens. It's different, okay. I think that's supposed to be, like, the movie climax of, like, aha. Anyways, so then 
that gets all revealed. Meanwhile, Eve's cabin was used as the rendezvous point for Nan and Colin Firth. And Sean was creeping around and caught Nan with some man sleeping together. So he knows that something is wrong. And then somehow Eve puts it together that Eve, not Eve, Nan was the one that was sleeping in the cabin. Like Sean sees them, but doesn't do anything with this. He, he makes a comment. He does make a comment. He makes a comment in passing and Eve just holds on to it. Holds on to it. Also, uh, like um, when she, like because her place was used, she was confused by something was off. And then the newspaper in the fire she's like i didn't burn that and then she catches nan when nan comes by and is like oh i always thought this would be like this spot needed a vase and then she's like when have you been here like i haven't you haven't been here with me me. yeah and then she puts it all together and accuses nan and then cuts her arm open yeah Because Jack wants to be a doctor, but he faints at the sight of blood. And then he comes to the rescue and is like, yep, I can do this. But then he doesn't come in. He becomes a lawyer. Yeah. Solves her arm problem, but then becomes a lawyer. Yeah. Anyways, so it all gets revealed that it's not Jack's baby. And so Benny and Jack can go have their love story at the end. And who knows what happens to everyone else because nothing else was really resolved. I'm assuming Eve still is with the rugby player and... It seems as though like Nan gets put out of the picture, which is kind of the right thing to do at that point. And the movie ends with uh, Benny and Jack playing by the river because they they like to do walks by the river together. Okay, because this is a movie and it's trying to tell deep, like it's trying to like the movie is all about friendship. It's called Circle of Friends. And it's tough to tell a very deeply rooted love story between friends if you don't necessarily, like, believe them. Like, I believed Eve and Benny's relationship, but because when Nan gets thrown into the picture, it's a bit different. Like, the dynamics are not necessarily off, but you're like, well, you've missed 10 years of our lives, so, like... Are we truly friends? I guess, like, I'm answering my own question, but, like, why do you think Nan decided to entrap Jack and ruin her friendship? Did she not see them as friends, or was she just out there trying to solely protect herself? Yeah, I think she was just in survival mode. She realized she... But she could have gone after anyone. And I get that, like, it's a book and it's a movie, so she has to go after the best friend. But in, like, a real-life situation, she literally could have gone after anyone. But she also went after a man who comes from... Money. Money. It's true. I didn't think about that, actually. Yeah. And he's, like, going to school to become a doctor. So I, I think... She saw security in the move that she made. She also knows the character of Jack or like Jack's like his yes. values and morals. Yes. That um, kind of character. <laughs> uh, so in making that decision, I think she thought it was um, safe to assume that he would want to t- take care of her and the baby. I, Hard to do that with a random person. Yeah. No, you, that's that's not wrong. 
I don't think she was thinking about her friends. I think she was only thinking about her. Yeah. Do you believe this is something her character would do? Yes. Did you not? She was willing to do anything to get her way, including making that fake false phone call so she could be at the right place at the right time to meet Colin first character. I guess you're right. You are painting the picture that she is willing to do anything. But me, (laughs) which is a terrible character trait of myself, is choosing not to notice those things and then really concerned when they end up being an evil person because I'm confused where these characteristics had come from because I chose to see the good in someone unless you were creepy like Sean who are just giving bad like this is interesting because Sean is also an evil person and but he gives off creepy evil vibes Nan does not give off creepy evil vibes but at the end of the day she does have evil within her is this a judgment thing then? Is it because it's a man and a man is seen to have more power? Interesting. Uh, could be. So then what were your views on Nan? My views on Nan were she's just making a mistake. I thought she was like pretty nasty to do that to Benny. But I I didn't see her... I guess because like I didn't see her as like physically violent, I was less scared of her. Whereas like Sean was just like too much. I was like, okay, like you actually would terrify me. But I think maybe it was Nan's beauty was a bit of a distraction because she could turn around and smile and everything would look fine and be dainty. Whereas like Sean would turn around and smile and you're like, oh my God, no. True. And so, like, that's a visual judgment then, though. Not necessarily a characteristic judgment. How do you feel about tradition? Well, that's a large question. (laughs) Um, Tradition for other people. Tradition for other people. Tradition for self. Tradition for, like, what is tradition? What is tradition for you? Before I answer this question. Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> no, I would like to see it defined before I answer it. I mean, I can just define it myself and answer it if that's what you would like. And see if that agrees with what I consider tradition to be. I mean, sure. I'm not looking to be agreed upon. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, just like, like I want to know the bounds in which I have to answer this question for guidance. Essentially, (laughs) yeah, like tradition to me is like something that you would repeat time and time again because that holds something sacred to you, is what I'm kind of picturing as tradition. Okay, does it involve other people? It can, it doesn't have to. Okay, that's okay because like you could have a tradition with yourself, like a tradition in some way could be like my morning cup of coffee that I have to make in this, like to me, that's a tradition and like any deviation of change and it throws my day. Like it could be something so simple as that. Okay. But I, I also recognize that tradition could go very deep. Yes. And okay. very broad. That is why I asked what is tradition to you? Okay. Um, I think if it's healthy, yes, I, I, I appreciate tradition. I think um, there can be unhealthy traditions that mm-hmm. people 
partake in. Uh, I also do like the aspect of including other people in tradition because that like broadens your social um, and has like routine like visits with other people so long as those other people bring you like uplift you and support you and don't bring you down like uh um large family gatherings i'm not a fan of so traditions like christmas it's just overwhelming because for us at least we are seeing people that we don't see very often so it's like the same surface level conversations that you're checking in every year to do. And I, I don't really like service level conversations. Um, and it's not to say that I don't care about those people. Um, but it just feels like this obligation that's very draining. And then the only other thing with traditions, if it's, um, well, that's the way things were always done. Does that then if you, if there's a different way that works equally as well or is not harmful, then why can't tradition be broken? Yeah, to me, I think I have an issue with tradition because tradition elicits the the notion that change is not possible. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, sorry, that was the word I was looking for when I said change? yes. Oh. <laughs> like, if that was the way things are always done, why can't? Yeah, if something else works. And I know like I had just defined me making my morning coffee as like tradition. It's also like different in the sense of I would say that is more of a habit rather than a tradition. Like tradition might be like I uh, traditionally have this and then I will go like it's maybe an order of operations, whereas I just literally make my coffee and well, go. Well, that's again why I wanted it to be defined. defined. Yeah, I like, does it have to be like, yes, a routine thing that something there is something sacred about it? Yeah, I would say something it. sacred has to be a like part of it in order to have a traditional aspect to it. I would say like, because Christmas with our family, the sacred part is we're all blood related. That's what I would then see as like, that is the, the tradition. We're all coming together and um being a part of that and the change doesn't happen except for inviting other people to come join us but everything that we do about christmas is essentially the same we do gifts we do talk we have dinner if it's snowy and it's icy we do a road race down the road but that only happens if that's the conditions are met yeah, actually, I haven't done that since Nana's, so I, I can't even call that a part of a, a tradition. It just was like a thought that I had while watching this film because I've been having a lot of conversations outside of, obviously outside of this because I have a life, but about tradition in itself and how there are people out there who just hold tradition so close to them and I can't figure out why I can't figure out what good traditions are because I just don't see them as positive and I just saw that this film was so harmful towards Nan because like her immediate 
reaction towards this was I've done something bad. How do I get out of this? And I have to basically drag someone else down with me. Okay. It's also difficult because I know like religion is also a huge aspect of this film and we're not religious. I know nothing about Catholicism, Catholics, Catholicism, Catholicism. Is it Catholicism? Girl, I don't know. I'm equally as lost as you. We did not grow up in religion. (laughs) So it's interesting watching this. I guess the other interesting part, too, is it's 1957. Wasn't born then. In fact, our parents were just born then. So they weren't even living during this. So it was just like a really interesting watch in the sense of all this history is being brought up, all these rules and all these traditions that in some ways I just couldn't relate to because in my soul, I was like, I would do it a lot differently. Do you think you would do it differently if you were raised in that environment, though? Exactly. No. And like, that's like the crazy thing. It's all about your environment and how you were raised and how your decision are the people who are born my knee my knee clicked that was your knee i thought it was your knuckle for some reason okay the people who were born in that environment and are able to stand up for themselves and exit that toxic i have to call it toxic it's not toxic places but uh environment i hate saying that word over and over again but but your family's in it you're just gonna up and leave well, that's family. the thing, but there are people who do that and they don't look back because they realize that they were a part of something that was no longer serving them and truly hurting them. It's hard. You, it's hard to leave. But also, I don't think the more, um, I don't think the teachings or the values that the, like the church is trying to instill is, is there to harm. So intent. Sorry. Yeah, the intent is to not like I don't think it's to harm. Um, I think it's how you go about um, partaking in that practice. This is dicey, but I don't believe that. That's fair. You can you cannot believe that. Um, you're allowed. You're you're on. A, I know it. Yeah. So like yeah. No. Um, uh, I think I like I don't agree with all levels of churches, but I, um, can appreciate and respect, um, the value of religion. What about it? Do you, there's, and I'm not going to say for, for all, but there are, and I'm going to say stories and like within all religion that like, what is the point and the purpose of a story? It's usually to teach something. It's usually for you to have the opportunity to connect or reflect um and or it could be to explain and I wouldn't or I don't want to discredit something that has been around for a long time um just because I disagree with the practices of it which is why I said I don't know I can't remember what I said but like I, I disagree with like the practice of like the church versus um, the practice of religion. Mm-hmm. It's however you want to hold it sacred to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a it's just a different form of of like knowledge in the way that it is held, mm-hmm. or like 
the way that you go about learning it. And I mean, you can, you can choose to enter whatever religion um, and learn it at whatever level you want to outside of the practice of going to church or a mosque or a temple or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. No, I've just been doing a lot of research into um, religion because I got asked, like, why am I not religious? And I didn't have an answer besides just being like, I just have this bad feeling about it. Where did you get that bad feeling? Where was that taught to you? No, I have a bad feeling about it just because I don't like the way that certain people go about preaching their religion. And I don't agree with us having to take everything to heart with something that was written so long ago. And that's like where like my tradition problem comes in because we're holding on to something that is so old and yet is it truly serving us today? No, I think the stories are just fucking fascinating. They're they're like an old retelling of history that's fake to an extent. So then it's like fiction. Um I don't doubt like there's some truth to it, but like there's no way everything is absolutely real in the sense of like we don't elaborate on our own stories when we are retelling something. Okay. Yes. Um I I think there's just a lot more to 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 it than what you've been introduced to. What would you have done if you were an Anne? Killed myself. Wow, really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Oh I in 1957? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that's just the, what, easiest out? Yeah, out of shame, out of... Yeah. Really? Just out of shame? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, because at that point, women's rights weren't even into effect, and it seemed as though it was very dangerous to still have an abortion and go to England, and the shame, like, I wouldn't have been able to do, like, anything, and, like... Her parents weren't supportive of her. Oh, no. But she had had good friends. But I myself as Nan was not a good friend to them. So how good of friends were they? You are not wrong. Benny would have been there. You're not wrong. No, but I don't think she was a bad friend up until after the decision that she made with Jack. That's correct. Like, But prior, I don't think she was a bad friend at all. But like, if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do that, to to make yeah but you'd have to you'd have to put it before that point so the point is she found out she was pregnant Colin said deal with it I'm not helping you so now 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 you can't account for anything that she does decide to do after because that shows her character character um but if she had just went to her friends I'm sure the nuns would have loved to have helped Eve's friend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They would, they would gladly take on a kid if they need to. They took on Eve. Yeah, who was I, an orphan. I guess like my thing is, I don't ever want to be pregnant. So yeah. Okay, I just I. You would have thought. Yeah, saw yeah, I would have been like, okay, <laughs> I've, I've made a decision. What is the word that I'm looking for? It's not solitude. You would have sought out. 
not help. Like, it's, there's a better word than help. But anyways, you, okay, go on. Sorry. I've made a decision. Now I have to make further decisions to support myself and this future future being. Um, and I think, obviously, yeah, Nan's family would have... Cut her off. Yeah. Yeah. But she had... She had made some lovely friends, and I think they would have gladly have supported her through it. Like, w- without judgment? No. But, like, support is so different because she technically would have been then out on the streets. I don't think any of them... Well, I guess she could have lived in the cabin. Yeah. Like, Eves. I... I yeah, yeah. And I also... I mean, Benny's got this new business that mm-hmm. they're taking over. And to think that she wouldn't give Nan a job to work at this. Yeah, that's very true. I think there were options. There was many options and a lot of opportunities as well. Would would that have made for less conflict in the story? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been a boring. (laughs) I mean, like, I guess it wouldn't have been boring because I think it would have been an interesting look at a woman's choice. But during this time period, because essentially the author has written her to be an evil person in this um, uh, time period. And the only way that she can get away with it is to entrap a man. Yes. But what happens in the end? What, what does she Well, that's the thing. Doing? We don't know. She says something. Oh. She has the baby happily ever after? Yeah. She's going somewhere. She she says something to... I can't... Honestly, I can't remember. So she did figure it out in the end without... Without help. Yeah, Jack being involved. <laughs> or her friends, or yeah. her quote-unquote friends. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Okay. No, I guess, like I, I, like, I have to go back and say, like, I wouldn't necessarily kill myself, but, man, I would not... I would probably be very paralyzed with decision. Yes. There's a lot of emotion in that. So, yeah. But I don't know what I would I don't know what I would do I think it would just be like set, sitting in self-pity and just concerned about myself rather than anything else I would not entrap another man I think that's horrible yes that would never even cross my mind but I think I would be too embarrassed to seek help I think there's too much shame oh yes oh yeah I would be mortified because you have everyone's judgment that you did something wrong that you're not supposed to do you're wearing the red a because you're pregnant you had sex before marriage especially in a community where that is so put down upon like think of all of the speeches from the priest that oh but yes like and i get like where the author is trying to kind of show that like in this time period like this is what was being continuously brought up and like why there would be a whole bunch of shame around it but like in today's day and age no that's obviously way different but if i'm nan 1957 i would be sitting in so much shame i would i would actually probably be better off running away completely yeah what did the school look like to you because it reminded me of something. It didn't remind me of anything. Oh. It, well, I guess the hallway that were, they were coming down the stairs was Chilton from Gilmore Girls. Okay. That's the only thing that 
that part reminded me. I thought it reminded me of Hogwarts. The stairs, the way that the staircase was like up against the wall with like the pictures. Oh, no, I didn't get Hogwarts vibes. Oh. I got Chilton vibes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Literally, my first note is looks like Hogwarts. So I went into this movie thinking that it was supposed to be a romantic comedy. Uh. And so I was waiting for the comedy part. And then there was like lack of comedy. And I was like, yes, it's not a comedy. It is a drama romance. Yeah. Because mom said, oh, it was so funny. And I was like, what about this is very funny? Because like, this is like, did did mom just have a really good time with Sandy? I think she just had a good time. I think that's, that's what why it she is. remembered it, it as funny. Yeah. No, it's not a funny movie. Yeah. There, there was, I maybe laughed twice. I don't know if I laughed at all. Okay. Not, not in the sense of like, it wasn't funny. funny. I might've, it might've gone over my head. Okay. Okay, let's jump into our ratings then and decide whether or not we're going to keep this DVD. Your story score. Give it a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5. Music? Give it a 3. The only music I remember is when they were dancing. Okay. And the, the band's, the man singing. I gave it a three as well. I kept remembering to like listen to the music. And every time I heard the music, I was like, wow, this really fits the story and the era that we're in. I thought that was really well done. Visuals. I gave it a four. I also gave it a four. It was well done. And for the old cars were so cute. And for it being 95, but them being in the 50s. Great. If I felt like I was not in the 90s at all. No, I didn't either. Yeah. And then they had like the old money. They had a little dress shop. I don't know. Everything about it was very fitting. And it's interesting watching a movie that was filmed in 1995, set in 1957, and trying to think, well, what would this look like now, which is basically close to 70 years ago? Would we be trying too hard where everything there looks so effortless? Yeah, that's a good question. Because sometimes I feel as though we go too overboard where everything has to, to be, be perfect in, yeah, in yeah. that specific year rather than recognizing that anything can technically be used up until 1957. You have something from the 30s that still works because like that's what was handed down to you from your parents. You would have that in your home. Yeah. I don't feel like that's what we do with movies nowadays when we're doing historical. We're no, just it's doing like very on like, that very specific period and everything is like new, clean and polished to that specific year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, your overall Seven out of ten. I'm six point three out of ten. IMDb has it at six point six, so we it's right in the middle between the both of us. Do we keep this DVD? No, I'm good with letting it go. I had a hard time trying to think about whether or not I would watch this movie again, or was I happy to have watched this movie and I'm okay with letting it go. I'm having a hard time with this one because I mean, I just did. I you probably will get it cut out, but I just sat here in silence before I said <laughs> no. But yeah, sorry, continue. I I want to actually say yes, but would I ever really sit down and watch this movie again? No. I wanted to say yes because of how happy mom was that we were watching it. It seems like it's something that it was a nice memory for her. 
Yeah, but like the movie itself is not bad, but it's not necessarily a great fantastic movie where I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like you have new, to watch this. This yeah. is a new discovery of like I can't re- wait to rewatch this. I also don't think I'll ever know if it'll ever end up on a streaming platform. Yeah. But I yeah, I think it I think it is gonna be a no. Also, speaking of uh rewatching over and over again, I wanted to watch a movie and of course feeling so restricted it was like i don't know what to watch it was on disney plus and the devil wears prada was on as like a offering to watch and i thought you know what i am going to watch this movie again with the different lens it's been almost two years since the last time i have seen this film or we've seen that film and how would i rate this any differently than what i previously had rated it because the first movie's hard. You don't really have a a standard as to like what you're rating things against. And sometimes it comes down to like mood. And I think I should have rated it a lot higher because I realized how happy that movie makes me. Ah. Huh. Do you remember what your rating was? It was like a seven. I think it deserves closer to an eight, eight and a half. Okay. A hard to judge that movie back then because it was our second film. It was our first. One Day was our second film. Oh, I thought One Day was our first. Okay. No. I have them mixed around. Okay. Yeah. It was our first film. Yeah. But I was just like watching. It was like the movie. Sorry, the movie. The music is fantastic. The visuals are amazing. And New York, yeah. You, I mean, like, again, we, our one criticism is Paris. The Paris. <laughs> but the acting in it is fantastic. The only story we we have an issue with, which we have gone over in the first episode, is the lack of story up until like kind of the end where the big switch around happens. Yeah, that's it. That's like one my one criticism. But I will look past it because the rest of the film is flawless to me. Does Minnie Driver speak with an American accent in other films that we see her in? Yes. Yeah, so she was born in the UK. Yes. I was very... She opened her mouth and I was shocked that she had an accent. And then I believe she moved to the States. So she, I'm I'm pretty sure she's able to swap the okay. accents pretty quickly. Okay. Yeah. And Colin Firth was the only one who did not speak with a uh, Irish accent. He spoke in English. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which he probably didn't pick up. No. On. Yeah. Okay. It's that time where we get to pick next week's DVD. Are you ready? I am. Okay. Let's go. Randomize. What are we watching? Again, another one. I have no idea what this movie is. Okay, if she's giving what me a face. What is this? Okay, so it was released in 2013. Okay. Um, we have Tony Collette in it again. This is our third Tony Collette film, by the way, because okay. Inner Shoes and The Sixth Sense. We are... Sixth Sense? Yeah. Oh, t- yeah, Tony Collette is in Sixth Sense. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. She's on... I, she's not the type of person who I thought she would be tying with Anne Hathaway. And no, we've had more Meryl Streep. Is Meryl Streep our top? I thought, oh, he really had two of hers. Anne Hathaway. Devil Wears Prada. three of Anne. No. Keira Knightley we're at two. Keira Knightley we're at two. Two. Pride and Prejudice and Bennett like Beckham. No. And then, and we're at three for her. Yeah. And then Atonement. Atonement, that's correct. Yeah. No, I actually think Meryl Streep is our top. I can only think of two. The the, the lambs, wa- lions, lions, lambs, lambs, lambs. Yeah. Devil Wears Prada. That's the only two I can think of. 
Yeah, I'm also blinking. Okay. We have, we have two Harrison Fords. Have we? Mm-hmm. What, what was the other one? Sabrina and 42. That's right. He was in Sabrina. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Anyways, we'll go back to this that I can't describe this movie to you because you have no idea. I have no idea. The movie is called Enough Said. Okay. It's not available anywhere. Okay. And it is a romance comedy, hour and a half. Uh, Enough Said. It came out in 2013. Correct. Okay. I'm just it does writing it down so I remember to watch it. It does say that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in it, but like she doesn't come up in the top cast. So I'm, I'm a, a little bit confused, but she's Wikipedia. on the cover. Yeah, but like when you do cast, it has like a whole bunch of other people besides her. According to Google, not on IMDb or Wikipedia. Oh, sorry. No, on the cover, it has um, Catherine Keener. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that is what we were watching. Enough said. Another film where we have no idea what it is. Never heard of it. I can't even picture the cover. This is. Yeah. We own this. (laughs) Yeah. Apparently. We are going to end the episode there. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode. If you would like to follow us along, hit the follow or subscribe button. If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, those are linked in the show notes below. Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.